Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Insiders Podcast brought to you by Commerce Bank from the WTC Gig Powered Studios here in downtown Manhattan. Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters from the Kansas State Learfield IMG Thingy Majigger Radio Network. I'm never going to get it, Matt, because yeah, I'm not committed to it, man. Matt Walters is here with me. Riley Gates from Go Paracats on the phone from his family home in Beloit, where they are also erecting a statue of Riley Gates this holiday season. They should start with his dad. Oh, his yeah. Dad worked for you well, long ago. Yeah. Well, they were going to start building that one, and then, you know, they thought about it. They're like, eh. Yeah. I just, I just don't think it's worth it. Yeah. So they figured we get, they get ahead of schedule. They'd go with me younger, you there know. It makes sense. <laughs> there we go. And sitting in with us this week is former Kansas State football player and host of the Tannehill and Spiller podcast, Travis Tannehill. Thank you, buddy. How many catches and career yards did you have? No idea. Yeah, you do. No, I no. do not. Although I did, someone pointed out the other day that I was. I never knew this until like a week ago. I was uh, Sports Illustrated honorable mention All American. I never knew that until I don't think unless it's, can... unless it's AP or Come, coaches, I don't think it really counts. But coming out of high school or was no, at college, yeah, okay. senior year. I was like, huh, that's never knew anything All American was tied to my name. But that's awesome. Like, I was like, I don't. I can tell you how many yards Travis Travis Tannehill had: five hundred twenty-eight yards and three touchdowns on forty-two catches in his career. That'll work. There we go. Look at you, Riley. I'm there. May or may not have something later this week involving Travis Dan. Wow. <laughs> nice. Build the man a statue now. Wow. <laughs> he, and Travis was also in the swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated. Little known fact. No, definitely not. We're shorthanded uh, today. No, Actually, we're not. There are four of us. We, we've got four of us, but two of the regulars are gone. How dare them enjoy family time at the holidays? It's just not American. <laughs> Ryan Black's back in Georgia. We will meet up with him in Memphis for the Liberty Bowl and Kellis Robinette. The kids are out of school, and he's daddy daycare today. That is the most important job of all. Well, let's just dive right in, boys. Uh, well, first of all, we are sponsored by Commerce Bank. Life is full of moments, big and small. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank challenge accepted. Matt, that's the one part of this hosting gig I still don't get down is remembering to. I need the little stack of cards like you have on radio. They're just right there. You can't miss it. Right. I always forget. No, you have, you handed it to me <laughs> plenty of time. St. Louis escapes the Sprint Center with a 66-63 victory over Kansas State on Saturday evening in Kansas City. It was a game K-State could have, should have, and didn't win. And it's an added frustration now for the 6-5 and five Wildcats. 
It makes the break a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah, it does. They are not in action until next Sunday or this upcoming Sunday when they will play Tulsa, which has been a pain in there. You know what? For a couple seasons, is that Tulsa zone seems to baffle K State. The Wildcats are staring at a six and six record if they can't overcome Tulsa as they head into Big Twelve play in the new year. Matt, you were there. You called it on the radio with our friend Wyatt Thompson. How did it look from courtside? Well, you can't get in the hole in case they got in right away. Yeah. So they did not, again, come out um, firing on all cylinders, firing on four cylinders, whatever the case. And then they come back. They get in it. It's why it winds up being tied at halftime. K-State gets a lead. Uh, it's a case of, don't bother me, Siri. Um, <laughs> Siri just piped in for no reason. She did. Um, and... There's just whatever it is, uh, and I'm, this is coming out right now because I saw something on Twitter earlier. I saw a Christmas tree of Cheddar Bay biscuits from Red Lobster that they drizzled butter on, and I don't know about you. I'm, I'm a little bit overweight, but I could eat Cheddar Bay biscuits every day. Ryan, Travis, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, quarterback. <laughs> yep, you could, Fitz, I know you could. I'm sure Riley could. Cute. But you have to have the right things in that recipe to make the perfect Cheddar Bay biscuits. A little and cheddar and some bay. That helps. Okay. A little old bay and a little butter doesn't help. And a little cheddar. And right now, K-State doesn't have the cheddar. They don't have the old bay. It's just, it's not, it wasn't pretty. And Bruce, to his credit, you can tell that Bruce Weber is extremely frustrated. I mean extremely frustrated. Well, post-game radio Bruce and post-game press conference Bruce are often two different guys. How was he on the post-game radio? He was frustrated, but it was held back by um, by a dam. You you can just tell. That dam seems like it's about to break. It's um, Well, you know, occasionally you have to stick your thumb in some holes when water's uh, leaking out a little bit. I think that's kind of where things are right now. Not that it can't be fixed, but K-State just has an issue in crunch time in the last four minutes. 18 field goals made, 18 turnovers. You don't have to say a lot else. They have a game where they shoot 20 out of 23 from the free throw line and they don't win. But they don't make plays down the stretch. They don't, and this time, again, it was Cartier with the struggles. Riley Gates, I've never really seen a game. This plus-minus thing's new, and we've talked long about how we're not big believers in it. This time, it tells a story. It really does. All five starters for Kansas State were in the minus category, and the guys who came off the bench were in the plus category. The starting five was minus 37. Yeah, it was pretty bad, and that almost half of that is minus 15 for Cartier Jada. He had six turnovers, only six points in the game, and he only played 15 minutes and 25 seconds. Riley, there is a problem brewing with Cartier Jada, and I don't know what it is. It's unexplainable, honestly. Um, I think it's. it was really – I think people were kind of joking when they tweeted it. You know, they were like, wow, blessing in disguise that Cartier Jada picked up two fouls in the first few minutes of the game and, and went to the bench. But then David Sloan comes in, plays really well. They're like, oh, wow, look at that blessing in disguise. I, it, people were making light of it, but this is – the way I saw it, that was the – probably the second domino to fall on what could end up being a, a disastrous year for Cartier Jada. I mean, we talked, um, I think it was last, last week about that, uh, 
that eye roll that we saw on the TV yeah. um, from the Mississippi State game, that was alarming. And then just the overall attitude, you know, going to the bench, not not really seeming all that engaged in the game. Um, I'm starting to believe there's something up further than just not he's struggling yeah. at, at bad basketball. I think it's I think this is a locker room issue. Um, that that might be going on right now with with Cardi Ajada, and I don't know if it's if it's Bruce Weber that he's having an issue with. I don't know if it's another player he's having an issue with. Maybe he's not liking the competition from David Sloan. I don't know what it is, but you know the the last the last few games, you know, he put up twenty points against Mississippi State, but I still didn't feel like he was all that great. Um, and you know, I obviously picked up the. Uh, the, the things that, that stood out to us in terms of his attitude. It's just, it's really weird. And, and I hope that the Christmas break gives Cartier Jada a chance to kind of reset and figure things out. But man, this is, this is getting bad. Fitz. Fitz, remember that we've talked about it multiple times now, especially in the last two weeks. And, <laughs> and that is from my standpoint, your head coach and your point guard had best be on the same page. And they're not. They're not even close, and you don't need anyone to tell you that. You can see it with the body language. Travis, you've been in a team locker room environment. You've been on the field with teammates. When you have one guy just openly displaying bad body language, negativity, what does that do to the team dynamic? I mean, from a team standpoint, I mean, there's only so much Bruce can do. I mean, I really think it has to come from those other four guys and really the whole team. Um, I mean, I remember my freshman year, we had some we had some woes, some ups and some downs, and lost some games that we felt like we should have won. And there really wasn't even a a character issue or a problem issue. You know, we you know when a football team you have 125 guys, there's always going to be a couple knuckleheads on the team. But uh, we just, have that on our podcast. Yeah, just one or two. So um, <laughs> there's one in this studio. Right shoot, now. I know, I know, I know. So it's um so I really but. The way that team developed through my freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior team and got a little bit better every single year was the players took accountability. Right. Um, so that's what I think. I mean, Bruce can only do so much. He's going to get effort out of his guys. They're going to play hard. Um, so but, who's the responsibility on them? You said they're like those other four guys. Do you mean Xavier Sneed? I think Xavier Sneed, yeah. I mean, do you mean he's McCall Mayween. I would Levi say X. Stockard? I would say X. I mean, he's got to be the leader on this team. Um, I mean, when you look at Cardi, X, and Mayween, I mean, that's a pretty solid three team you know three men three men back could you expect to be able to rally behind and at least put a competitive ball team on the floor um which which they're not really doing right now we're not even in the big 12 place so i see i think it's got to come from x he's your leader he's got to pull cardi up and say hey man like we need you um and, and i can live with not playing bad so it's it's really the off the off the court issues and all that and all that stuff that we're mentioning here can i play off that fits for a second uh I know where you were sitting at the game. Were you at the game? I was not. No, I watched it, but no. Riley didn't have to cover it, which is good. Um, (laughs) So if you remember, uh, forgive me because I don't remember the exact time on the clock, but there was a late timeout. It was inside the final two minutes of the game. And Cartier had to check back in. I think it may have been after a David Sloan turnover. But X and Cartier were at the scores table, and they were both sitting on the floor. That timeout comes. X literally had to help. Pick Cartier up, you know, like you do when a teammate goes down and grab him by the the fist or whatever, pull him up. Cartier, all the way from the scores table to the huddle, was in his ear talking to him about keeping his head in the game as they went back to the huddle. So I'm with you. Yeah. Xavier Sneed's got an immense amount on his plate. Everybody expects him to lead this team in scoring. Everybody expects him to be the leader. Now, on top of it, 
Are you asking him to keep your point guard, keep his point guard's head in it because they need? Okay, clarification. I might have misheard or you might have misspoke. X was in Cardi's ear or Cardi yes. was okay. Yeah, I, I know. And it's not just him. There's other guys trying to. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, these are all grown men out there. I mean, they're all 19, 20, 21 years old. I mean, no one. No one can control this except Cardi. So, I mean, everyone can help and Bruce can help. But at the end of the day, Cardi has got to grow up, be a man, and, right. and go out there and, and play basketball. So that's really – we can talk about everyone else doing their role and doing their job. But if someone's not willing to listen, which I've played dozens and dozens of teammates who just aren't willing to listen and aren't willing to take the help when it's there, and eventually, I mean, there's only one way that those guys yep. go, and that's yep. out, of the, out of the program. So Something's going on, and you can see that the team wants to play for David Sloan, Riley. I mean, you can just see the the team seems to perk up when he comes onto the court now. And I think from my outside view, that seems to be pouring gasoline onto the situation because uh, it's pretty clear that they don't they're not functioning well with Cardi, and now he's seeing someone kind of supplant him as a team leader, as the point guard, and it only seems to add to the confusion of this team. But they did start playing well. They got down early. Cardi gets a second foul. David Sloan comes in, and they start playing better basketball. And we will get to Levi Stockard in a little bit, but, boy, he played the game of his life. He finally looked like the Levi Stockard that had four stars by his name when he was recruited. He finally looked like a guy invested in playing good, and that was a very positive sign. But David Sloan needs to be the starting point guard, and I'm just going to say it. I think everyone knows that at this point except for – Cartier Jada and Bruce Weber. And, and I have a feeling that Bruce Weber might even know it I'm and just, just doesn't want to accept it. You know, I, I think he's loyal he, to a fault. Yeah. And, and he's looking for any opportunity he can to, to say, you know, Cardi, you know, pull pull your head out. Let, let's go. Let's get back to the, the guy you used to be, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just not, it, it, even if they, even if Cartier gets back to a point where he's producing at a high level, um, if he's playing well, I still think it's it's best suited if David, David Sloan becomes the point guard and you find a different role for Cardi to play because, you know, you watch David Sloan out there on the floor and it was it was literally like a switch was flipped and it was a different team on the floor. The offense immediately started scoring. Well, they they didn't hit a shot for what, uh, six or not, maybe not quite six minutes. I can't I, can't, I don't have the, the scoring up in front of me, but they they started slow. Um, they couldn't get baskets going. And then immediately David Sloan comes in and boom, you're, you're a scoring team once again. And, and it was, it would, did not take a plus minus stat. It did not take the play hard analytics chart. or any, yeah, the yeah. play hard chart. It didn't take anything for somebody to watch that game and go, wow, this team's better with David Sloan on the floor. Now, I know he had a costly turnover at the end. I know at the end of the day, like that, that one's going to stick out like a sore thumb. But he's so. This team's so much better when he's on the floor. You didn't recruit a JUCO point guard that lit up the country last year to sit on the bench. You recruited him to come play point guard. Let him play the point guard. Fitzy, I know how you meant. I know what you meant. Bruce Weber's been around the block long enough, and has coached at a high enough level. He knows. It's just a matter of when. Is it going to be for the Tulsa game, or is it going to be when K State goes on the road to Oklahoma to start Big Twelve play? Personally, if it were, if it were me. And I was getting that paycheck. It would have been Saturday night yeah. in St. Louis. Now I think it's got to be Tulsa this coming Sunday because the crowd's not going to be huge. It's still the holidays. It's not going to be a pressure-packed situation. But I personally think you have to pull the trigger now on it. 
Now, I want to put a giant asterisk by what I'm about to say because these are much different situations. I am in no way saying Cartier Jada is Marcus Foster. But I want to bring up the Marcus Foster situation for one point. Bruce Weber did everything in his power to save that young man. Kept giving him chance after chance. He refused to give up on him. Probably to the detriment of his team that season. And I can see that he might do the same here with Cartier. He knows how good he can be. He knows he's a good kid. He is a good kid. There's just something going on, and he might be uh, understanding this, that if he pulls the plug on Cartier Jada as the starter, you might lose him for good. It's possible. You might lose him for good. Now, I'm with Riley. I think you keep him in the lineup. You just slide him over to the two and take Mike McGurl out of the lineup, who I don't think – I think is better suited to be the energy guy coming off the bench. But this almost feels like a quarterback change to me. And when you change quarterbacks, it's not just changing a player. It can be very dramatic for a team. Yeah, and that was going to be my my one hesitation with with Matt saying that Bruce needs to – you know, get this going sooner than later is, you know, Bruce has to tread lightly. I mean, he has to be careful about this. I mean, this can spiral, um, spiral Cartier down a path that, I mean, no one wants to, no one wants to see him go. I mean, there might be, I mean, we just don't know what's going to happen or what exactly is going on. So Bruce just has to be careful. No one knows the situation better than him. Um, so I think, yes, there needs to be a change, but Bruce just has to be very, very wise. And you hate to see a player able to hold a coach, quote-unquote, hostage, which we see happen sometimes. I don't think this is necessarily that. But um, you just – these are very touchy, like quarterbacks, like uh, like any type of star player. Um, things get a little emotional and just got to be very, very careful and delicate in this situation. Totally agree. If it were me, I make the change for Sunday's game. Right. But we've heard Bruce say, whether it's Riley, whether it's you, whether it's you – Trav, Bruce has said it's my job as the head coach to help these guys out and to help them along, and he has been doing that. This is not this has not been a game or two issue through the first eleven games. Agreed. Yeah, I think agreed. all four of us can yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Yep. So you now you're one game outside of starting conference play. That's why I say if it were me, I make that change right now and somehow you have to do everything you can to help Cartier to make him understand you're a valuable vital part of this team we need you we got you we're gonna and it's not like you're not gonna do this forever again the rest of your career here but Bruce also has how many other guys he's responsible for as well oh yeah go ahead Riley no, and I was just going to add on to to Matt's point, kind of to to agree with him. There is the fact that I think it gives you it's the perfect time. The conference play thing is one thing, but the Christmas break, I, even though short, I think it gives you a chance to kind of go, "Hey, we analyzed this, we looked at it a million ways, tried to keep you in this position." You can set this up to a point where it does not look like a demotion, or it does not feel like a demotion if you keep him on the floor. Um, and you just find a new role for him. I think you can make a, a good thing out of a bad situation w- with the way that he's playing right now. Now, I'll, I'll add this, and Fitz, I'm still in the same camp with you, um, the way that we've both been on Mike McGurl this year, that I think he's a terrific player to bring off the bench um, and and definitely would be uh, well-suited in that role. He's starting to get to a point, though, where you got to look at him. And, you know, if you think about moving Cardi down to the two – 
at some point you got to compare him and say, does Mike deserve to start more? I mean, I know he would bring that great energy off the bench, but if he keeps playing in the way that he's playing, it's almost to a point where it's like, we need to reward him for his play. Yeah. Fitz, let me ask you a question. Extremely hard. Uh, Just to see what you think, because in Saturday night's game, for a good chunk of the night, the best lineup, in my opinion, that K-State had on the floor, Sloan, Cartier, when, and again, he didn't play much, but when K-State had three guards out there, Sloan, Cartier, McGurl, X, and Stockard. Now, that's not going to be that way every game, but I think there are times where K-State with that three-guard lineup can be really, really good because then they can get out and transition. We've talked about that. How many points in tra- – was out without looking at your box. Don't look – how many points did K-State have in transition Saturday night? I don't know. I have no clue. Trav, you want to take a guess? No. <laughs> Zero. None. Did not have one transition basket in this. This is one the whole my, night? The entire night. Wow. One of my ongoing bits of confusion with Bruce Weber is it always looks like his team wants to be in the open court, but he says he wants them to run but doesn't let them run. You know, it's just they never seem to get out and do it. And as bad as this team has been, this program has been historically in the half court, let alone the problems that they have with zones, but just bad half court offense, the best way to address that is don't ever be in it. Try to get up and down the court. They have the athletes to do it. I find great deal of confusion there. They did play good defense. I'll give them that. Yeah. They forced a lot of turnovers. Where's the number? Let me find it here. Uh, they forced 15. Yeah, 15, and it was, I think, Two-thirds of that was at halftime. Um, but we sit here and talk about Cartier Jada up and down, and he's got some problems. But he may not be the biggest problem. Macal Moween, what is going on with this kid? <laughs> it's like he just has regressed. He's less effective right now than he was the first day he stepped on the court for Kansas State after transferring in. It's baffling. He played less than 12 minutes. He was one of four. He did have three rebounds. He just is absent without leave. He's going through the motions. I, I'm just baffled. So now we're talking about two of the three guys you thought you would lean on this season for leadership and production, and they're both AWOL. You can't function that way as a team. Yeah, he's really been, I mean, a mystery to me. And, and Bruce does a pretty decent job of developing guys and developing big men. He's not the best in the country by any means, but does a does a pretty nice job of getting the most out of his guys. He doesn't always get the best guys in on day one, but um, he seems to tap into that talent as much as he possibly can. And, I mean, he's just a head-scratcher. I mean, it's just like I don't understand what it is, how he's not productive, and then we've seen kind of the effort dwindle a little bit as well. So it's – I mean, it's just I don't know the answer, and if I did, I'm sure Bruce would hire me because that's got to be one of the bigger frustrating points for that coaching staff and trying to get more out of him. If a couple things go wrong early, doesn't hit a couple shots, maybe doesn't get a rebound or two, then you see the the plug pulled in the bottom of the bathtub and the energy starts to run out. I, he's a head scratcher. I don't I don't I don't get that one as well because he's he's gifted. He's got talent. He's not a dominant. You know, four or five, no. whatever you want to call him, but um, he typically plays really, really good defense and rebounds the ball. Yeah. He gets into trouble most often when he tries to do too much on the offensive end, and maybe that's the problem. They're they were asking too much of him on the offensive end, and now they're barely looking to him. I know, I know. Well, he he shot a fadeaway eight footer on Saturday night that went about six feet. Mm-hmm. It was 
as bad a miss as I've seen in a long time that was totally unaffected by defense. It was I don't horrific. I don't want to say I'm giving up on him, but at, at some point we can't just keep asking and saying, oh, when is Matt going to snap out of it? When is he going to figure it out again? This is what it is at this point, I think. I mean, I really am, am of the belief that it's like, hey, he was really good when he had Dean Wade complimenting him. But at the end of the day, he's just not good enough to do it by himself. That, I mean, that's the camp I'm in until he proves me wrong. I'm with you. And I'm about to say something I never, ever, ever thought I'd say. Thank God for <laughs> Levi Stockard. He played his butt off. That's the first time I felt like Levi was passionate about being on the basketball court at Kansas State. 17 points. He played hard. He defended hard. He, he was never, the player of the game. He had never had a double-figure game until Saturday night. And he looked very comfortable in doing it. Most notably that this stat tells me he was really locked in. He was 7-9 from the free throw line, 5-5 five five from the field. Um, and Bruce has been after him. On postgame radio, Bruce I've, said, I've been calling him Lazy Levi, and we're not going to let you leave. <laughs> Right. Just being blah, being humdrum and not being anybody. And I, you, for whatever reason, you have, he's one of those kids, you got to keep the old Bic lighter under his backside and singeing the hair back there every so often to get him going. And Fitz, you know, you said he looked like he was engaged and he still can't tell it on his face. <laughs> he is very stoic. But he was dialed in. And I said it during the, the broadcast think of where K State would have been in that game. If Levi Stockard had not played the way that he did. Oh, know, my goodness. Could have lost by 15 <laughs> or 20. Yeah, you would have. You really would I'm telling you, St. Louis has some dudes. They got a couple dudes on there. And they, that point guard is going to be really good. They have a true freshman point guard that absolutely tore up K-State. In case they really liked him. he, I think there was a chance he might have wound up here. I wish he had. His head bounced off the court at one point, mm -hmm. and he got up and played a whale of a game. He really gave Cartier-Jada trouble uh, just pickpocketing him, just taking the ball away from him. It was uh, frustrating to watch to see a, a freshman do that to a veteran player. I don't know where this team's headed, guys. I don't. Um, Hit the reset button. You hope the short break does something for this team. Yep. That's that's all I can come up with. And I guess my closing thought on basketball right now is Bruce needs to unlearn everything he thought he knew about his team. And I know he's a loyal guy, but you got to play the players. And if you're going to have six turnovers, if you're going to have mistakes, let it be the freshmen to learn from them. You know, because these freshmen, there's something about them I really like. They weren't particularly great as a group on Saturday, right? They were okay. Uh, you just mentioned the best lineup, and none of the freshmen were in that lineup. An Antonio got gun shy early on after he missed a couple shots. Yep. Um, you know, and Murphy, you can tell, is struggling back. And uh, Dejuan Gordon just uh, – it was so easy in high school for him, I think, and now it's not easy. I, I appreciate how well he defends, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, he took over that point guard covering that guy. I can't even think of his name here. What was his name? He was Good one. something else. Uh, you know, Yuri Collins, the, oh. the freshman. He took over covering him late in the game. But I, I'd say just go with Stockard. Go, go with next year's lineup plus X. And let them go and see what happens. Uh, but then, Travis, you might run into a problem with that locker room again. Yep. If, if you are, are taking minutes away from seniors and juniors for freshmen, oh, boy. Matt, how's the – you got to watch the game on the side – or 
in the in the score box on the sideline. How's overall just the confidence of the team? I mean, obviously they're they listen. They're you know they check things. They're not playing very well. I mean, can you tell? Um, it's a little harder to see from the TV angle, but from your angle, how is the team's confidence? Would you say? Average at best. At best. Do you yeah. do you think Bruce should maybe take a? I mean, just from a play from the Chris Kleiman playbook. I mean, remember early on in this football season, I mean, he was praising that team and false confidence and really building those guys up when they probably didn't deserve to be built up just because he felt like they just didn't have enough confidence. And over the season, I felt like that helped that football program. I mean, would you foresee, would you see that helping a team like this where Bruce can maybe just, you know, give them some false confidence and that might help things? Because um, I think Bruce is a pretty fair coach. You mess up, you get chewed, you do well, you get rewarded. Um, is it time maybe for Bruce to change that style and just false confidence across the board? It's an interesting take. Maybe some of that has been what's taken place in the first 11 games. Uh, but Bruce Bruce does get after them. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I don't think this team needs false confidence. I think they need a dose of reality. If, yeah. they, if they haven't drank it yet, they need to because uh, just of where that – that's what's crazy. We have seen – Really nice stretches of basketball from this team. I covered this team in Vegas, and we joked at the time we didn't really need to cover that game, but I wanted to go to Vegas. But now I'm really glad I was there because I saw a team that knew how to win a game late, Mm -hmm. and the freshmen were a big part of that. And they won a very competitive game by making the plays to get the game into overtime and then win it in overtime. That team was not present. On Saturday night, St. Louis made all the plays down the stretch. If there was a bad thing to be done, K-State executed it. Turnovers, just silly turnovers down the stretch, and they just didn't play well in St. Louis. I mean, it goes down as a three-point victory, but it felt like it was a bigger spread than that. Uh, I get what you're saying, Travis, but I I think false confidence isn't like, going to help out much. Right no, now. nope, not at all. Yeah, no, I don't think they would buy into into that. Um, I, I think that it was good for the football team in terms of. And I, I don't think you can deny that it benefited them. I think if this team got that type of, of encouragement or words, whatever, I think it would be more like, okay, we know that, that he's just saying things to, to try to get us to feel good about ourselves. You know, I'm, I'm kind of more on the side that Matt was there where, Hey, you need to tell it like it is you're six and five, figure it out at this point. And, and maybe that lights the fire under him. Well, that'll do it for the first half of this Powercat Insiders podcast. When we return after the break, we're going to turn our attention to football. And the Liberty Bowl is coming up quickly on December 31st in Memphis. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Insiders podcast brought to you by Commerce Bank. We just dissected the basketball team and figured nothing out. That's the kind of quality broadcasting you get from us right there. <laughs> we we think Speak we have ideas. Yourself. I figured something out. <laughs> we, Trav knows football. He figured something out. I, you know, I, to go back to basketball real briefly, this is going to be a fascinating case study to see what Bruce Weber does. Right. He has. And when. He has in his immediate past a situation of being so painfully loyal to the players that the team just kind of came apart. That team was good enough to win some big games. I don't even think this team can win those big games because they just don't have the raw talent that Marcus Foster team had. Will he handle this differently? Will he go young? Will he actually take time away from the veterans that we expected to be the core of this team? It's 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 interesting. And meanwhile, over on the football field, um, Kansas State is preparing for a really good Navy team in the Liberty Bowl, but they also signed one heck of a recruiting class, at least in my opinion, for the Kansas State football program. Uh, They wrapped up 23 guys. There's a couple blue shirts and a gray shirt in there and all kinds of colored shirts that I can explain at a later time. But Where'd the the blue shirt thing come from? This is something that came up. I noticed KU was doing it um, under the previous coaching staff. I think it is the stupidest rule I've ever heard from the NCAA, and they have a lot of stupid rules. A blue shirt is this. If you have nothing officially recorded that you were recruited, you didn't take an official visit, you didn't, no coach paid travel to go see you, um, if there's nothing on the NCAA books noting your recruitment, you can walk into camp when classes start, after the 105 guys show up and then classes start and everyone can show up and say, hey, I want to play football at Kansas State. Here's a scholarship. But it counts in the 2021 class. That's what I don't get. How does that? How does a kid on scholarship for 2020 when his scholarship counts in 21? It doesn't make any sense to me. Shoulder injury. That's a blue shirt right there. Gray shirt will be a uh, panzer young man, and he's got a leg injury that he'll just – do the part-time student thing or not yep. do a student thing in the fall. That's what that rule's for. It's not for screwing over players like the SEC started doing. It's it's for someone that has maybe an academic issue or a health issue to be part-time, and then their eligibility clock doesn't start till January when they become a full-time student. So. I was a gray shirt. So. Oh, that's right. Yep. You were. Came off an elbow injury in high school and needed to get healed up. And How tough in. was that first semester? Oh, you know what was real tough was January when you did not realize that you should have been working out all fall and staying in shape. And you were uh, you were in like six credit hours. I think you couldn't be full time, so yeah. you had to be like six credit hours. And um, but you couldn't work out with the team, or you really even use their facilities. So it was uh, it was January sucked. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm fall a, was fine. It, it was all right. I bet it's they got very creative with this class. Pants are the leg injury, and sh- Sam Shields the shoulder injury. Right, and uh, is Sam gray shirting? Or he's the blue shirt. He's, he's the, blue the blue shirt. shirt. Okay, he's one of the two blue shirts, uh, along with Felix and Yudiki from uh, Lee Summit, a defensive end that flipped from North Dakota State late in the process. So those two guys will be blue shirts. 
Um, and then Panzer's a gray shirt, but 23 guys. I sent, I sent five Juco guys, Matt. That kind of caught me off guard. I thought they would get that high, but Coach Clemens kept saying, no, no, we, we don't want to really do do this route. But they needed an offensive lineman. Heck, they needed a couple offensive linemen. They just couldn't find the right tackle that fit their criteria, which means being eligible in January. Nobody they were recruiting popped up and really took care of their business. And then four guys on the defensive side, including four or two defensive tackles. I, well, three of the Juco guys were very, very late yeah. in terms of K-State getting them. And what's also an interesting story about it, um, the two guys, uh, Gaines and Gardner, that come from Hutch, because Hutch's coach, Ryan Rhodes, on his way to Arkansas. And they still, K-State still wound up Getting them, that was an extremely late development. Um, you know, the the Del Forge kid out of Wamigo got zero interest coming out of high school, but he is a road grader now at 6'5 and about 315, and that's the kind of guys they want up front that they had in North Dakota State. So um, I'm with you. I, I always chuckle at the various recruiting rankings. Mm-hmm. You know, one one service gives K-State a six, another gives K-State a nine. I like this class. I think they addressed a lot of things. I wish they would have gotten another wide receiver. That's just me. Well, but with this, Chris Heron leaving now, it really becomes important. Yeah, this, is, this was a good class. And who knows, maybe by the time we get to mid-February, they have one. They get another one. Well, it's not a class out of context for K-State fans that have watched Bill Snyder put together classes like this in the past. I think the differences here uh, with the later version of Bill Snyder classes are there's not a lot of fodder in this class. There's not a lot of filling in at the end with guys that may or may not make it. They didn't roll many die on on these coaches. They they really, you know, sat there and uh, you know got got after it with guys early and they got the class filled up. The other thing that reminds me of older Bill Snyder classes are these five JUCO guys. These aren't JUCO guys. These are JUCO All-Americans, All-Conference guys. These are highly desired JUCO players, not JUCO projects, which quite often, Travis, is what Bill Snyder was bringing in towards the end. It's just guys that might develop into something when they probably should have arrived as, as serious players. Yeah, if you're a JUCO guy and you're, you're coming in as a, you know with two or maybe three years left, I mean, yeah, you gotta be you got to be ready to play. You don't have time to, to sit a year yeah. or put on weight or, or you know figure out the offense. I mean, you got to be ready to go. So, and – like you said, I, I. Some people criticize the JUCO uh, recruiting more. I mean, I could, as a player, I cared. I mean, we could care less whether you came from JUCO, whether you came from high school. Um, can you play? Can you play? Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, if they, if you can play, and whether you were at JUCO for whether because you were too small and now you grew six inches, or you were at JUCO because because uh, of grades, like. Who cares if you can pass classes now? You're, you know, let's get you out there. So I was able to play alongside some amazing JUCO guys, um, and, and being able to plug those key guys in because still a freshman showing up, um, you know, this summer. I mean, realistically, they're still two, probably three years away from uh, making an impact. Where those JUCO guys, I mean, they they're gone in three years, so they have to get immediate production out of those guys. Riley, you have been on the uh, parade here for this JUCO class and how honored they were coming out of their situations but who is your favorite of those five that are arriving at kansas state 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when, when I look at it, I, I like uh, Kamar Gaines' film the most. I mean, um, I, it's easy to say him, you know, because he's the highest rated Juco player coming in. And um, I don't mean it like that, but man, when I watch him, I just, I look at him and I think, what a great addition um, to put in there alongside Wyatt Hubert because we know what Wyatt Hubert can do. I mean, he was a, a first team All Big 12 player this year. Um, and he's going to get so many double teams next year. It's not even funny that I think that Kamari might be able to, uh, assuming he's going to have a shot at that other uh, starting defensive end role, he's going to have that opportunity to get in there and make plays because that offensive line is going to be so focused on stopping someone like Wyatt Hubert. Well, then if you want to go stop Kamari, fine, then then just let Wyatt Hubert go make a lot of sacks. Uh, I, I think he comes into a perfect situation. I think he's a great player. Um, overall, I think that, I mean, I, I think that Dawson Del Forge will start on the offensive line. I think that Kamari will start on the defensive line. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw another, another one of these um, defensive uh, Juco defensive linemen get, get a start on there um, when it comes to, you know, replacing Jordan Mitty and Trey Deshaun. Um, it, it's kind of weird that in a year where you see so many linemen leave on both sides of the ball, you know, eight total, we could see two two or three junior college players get that immediate start it, it's kind of weird yeah it is weird i my favorite is robert hints the second i there's been comparisons from our staff of tank reese maybe he's a little bit taller but there's <laughs> yeah. something about their build kind of the low leck neck big rounded shoulders and he just gets underneath people and wreaks havoc did you say low neck or no neck <laughs> yeah probably no <laughs> neck okay he's got that he just got that rounded shoulder thing going up and boy he causes trouble it's it's an intriguing class we could go on a lot about it we've we have it go power cat and i'm just going to put in another plug here um man oh, i just lost i want to say one thing you find what you're going to say okay yeah i like gardner for the simple reason, he's not 5'9". Yeah. You have a quarterback that's got some length to him now. Justin Gardner, they're going out and finding. He's out of uh, Hutch at 6'2", 180. Pretty darn good. Nate Matlack, I I, I don't know. I You talked about recruiting services. We're part of 24-7. But how this kid doesn't have a four-star is just beyond my understanding. <laughs> he's he's, he's a animal. Free. He's an animal. Fellow Olathe East alumni. Yep. Yeah, and well, so. and Jay Harris was the MVP of the 5A championship game in, in Texas, the defensive MVP, and he also is a three-star that I don't quite understand. Don't these guys maybe get – can't they still get bumped up? Yeah, they can. Okay. Yeah, there'll be a final evaluation. We'll see what happens. I will certainly be in someone's ear hole about these guys. Let's, let's take another look at them because there's some pretty darn good players in this class. And uh, we, we also you know need to mention Will Howard. They seem to get their quarterback of the future in this class. and and uh, They got a lot of guys early, Fitzy, and held uh, on to them for a long period of time. That was intriguing to me. They, yeah, which is hard to do. I it's mean. hard. Hard. They really seem to sell them. I don't always want to sound like I'm insulting the previous regime because God knows where we'd be without them. But it seemed like this, the process of selling them on K-State was a little more thorough. They These guys were really bought into being part of the program. Now, I also think part of that is uh, Taylor Bratt talked about it when he was in the studios last week. They're all connected into Snapchat groups. Twitter conversations, text conversations, social media now connects these guys before they ever get to campus. And I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. And I think, too, when you get guys, I think Matlock was one of the earlier commitments. 
when you get guys and then he started recruiting other guys. You saw it happen on social media. And when you start seeing, you know, someone list their top five and K-State's a part of it, you start seeing these guys who are already committed reaching out to them via social media and recruiting further. I mean, that's the best type of – that's the best recruitment tool there is, is current guys and current players and and guys that you're going to be rooming with in the dorms. When those guys are vouching and trying to get you to come to campus, I mean, that's when something truly special can happen, I think. Some of these guys will show up in January. A couple of them probably can be counted back into last year's recruiting class, uh, which you're able to do if you have – if you're under 25 in that class and you have some space on your roster, you can count back so you can add some more. I think they will go find a receiver. They've kind of denied they have a problem there. It was it was uh, interesting. We really like the young guys. Well, one of the young guys just left. Uh, I think they'll go find a receiver. I think if they can find a Juco offensive tackle, they will go find one of those. And who knows? Maybe they'll go find a grad transfer here and there. Um, but I know this. I, I really like the class. I don't care that it's ranked ninth. K-State was built on you know, right. these kind of classes. <laughs> but it was top 50, which is mm-hmm. the highest in quite a while for Kansas State. So very good. Um, it's it's nice to see. Uh, it's hard to get that momentum going in your first full year of recruiting. And, the, and now they can continue building those relationships for the 21 just, and 22 classes. Just the recruiting buzz is nice to see. I know. I know. It, From the little videos that are coming out all the time, I mean, the staff up at K State, I think, is oh, doing a the great Lego job. characters. Yeah, I mean, the Lego oh my characters. That got national media. <laughs> I mean, all that stuff is is cool, and there just there wasn't buzz for a long time on the recruiting trail, and now there is. Well, they didn't have a full movie production like Oklahoma. Did you see that? The four Sky movie? Skydiving and like spy stuff and Lincoln Riley. Coordinating a, I don't know what was going on. It it was really cool. Tell you right now, no idea what the point was. Lincoln Riley is going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't. Oh, we can only hope, Matt. Do not get my (laughs) hopes up like that. Yeah, was was. uh, I can't believe he's not their head coach today. After what happened yesterday. Yeah, was that loss to the Eagles kind of? uh, nice for you, Riley Gates. Like, you don't want your team to lose, but at some point you're like, you're caught in limbo and you can't move on from a coach. Oh, yeah. That's what I was telling someone here. I was like, I mean, they go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven, They make the playoffs. They get rolled in the first round. Do I really want to extend this out until January? Like, I almost just want them to lose next week. Go, go lose the last game of the year and just miss the playoffs. I'm Attaboy. so done, man. I'm Link, so done. Lincoln Riley and Cliff Kingsbury hooking up next year. <laughs> it's interesting. Matt Rule maybe also in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He seems to have that brand around him. Uh, we will be in Memphis coming up here pretty soon, Matt. Can't wait. And... Uh, Travis and Monty Spiller will convene at some point to do a yep. uh, Tannehill and Spiller podcast. Boy, that got popular. I was jealous. How? I think it was Spiller's the got the voice of a sex god. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Monty Spiller. Yeah, you know, After dark, he's, he's got the he's got the um, Morgan Freeman slash James Earl Jones. Yeah, yeah. Vocal <laughs> cords. Um. Fitz, what's the first thing that you have to have to eat on Christmas Day? Wow, that came out of nowhere. It's like an overtime question. Uh, uh, Well, it's Christmas and you haven't even touched on it. First thing I I have to eat is, uh, I don't know, we're doing a big buffet down in Wichita, so I'll go for the ham. I'm a ham guy. Nothing like a dead pig to make my heart feel good. Old people food. Prime rib guy. Oh, yeah, though if they have some prime rib, yeah. I'll be in that. Yeah. yeah, we had prime rib two days ago at my parents' house. And this year, for the first time, my father-in-law, who's a rancher, so we're going to have homegrown prime rib 
from one of his cows. So we'll see if oh wow should be should be excellent. As Where long is as they the don't address burn for it, that? As long as they where don't. do I go? Yeah, where, where are we? We'll be about 45 miles south of Junction City, so Marion County, Kansas. <laughs> where do they have it in Belois? That's Beloit for That's Beloit for you. Oh, I I did not. Uh, yeah, sorry. What are you head. having? Um, I don't. We don't really. So, like, our family doesn't do something major. We kind of like hang around. Because you have 12 children, you can't afford to feed you. <laughs> <laughs> there are four gates, Joe. Wow. We will wake up. We will wake up in the morning, and we will do some gifts. And asked about uh, food. He wants I to know. know food. I was setting up the story, and we will have some drinks, and we will probably do some like appetizer type stuff. And then at night, we will go to my grandma's house, and she does like roast beef, and um, she might have ham, right. makes mac and cheese. That's pretty good. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we started last year. We go to Wichita. We all kind of convene at a hotel suite, and the ambassador down there has an unbelievable buffet. Unbelievable. Not going to have what we had in the old days at the Walters Christmas, but we're grilling. We're going to have ribeyes on Wednesday because it's going to be in the 60s. That's a solid move. And Red Lobster Biscuits. Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Cheddar Bay Biscuits. That's an option, actually. (laughs) We used to have pheasant and crab rangoon and the best mushrooms ever, just like little appetizers like Riley. That's kind of an eclectic mix of things. It is. Very good. Um, how, How do you feel about this bowl game? I'm thrilled to play Navy for the first time. I just, I wish it was elsewhere. I wanted K-State and Notre Dame. It didn't happen. But I'm thrilled. I've never seen Navy in person. I've watched part of the Army game. I'm going to watch most of it probably tonight. And I think it's cool. I love the fact that we're playing Army, that K-State's playing Army. Navy. 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 (laughs) I'm famous. That's just how excited he is for the bowl. (laughs) I'd like to play Army here because of Fort Riley, but. Yeah, they've tried that. It just never worked out. I want to see Malcolm Perry now face-to-face. Man, that this triple option offense is scary because if you don't handle it right, Trav. Oh, it can just, get bad in a hurry. <laughs> it got so bad for Army. Army runs the damn offense, and they couldn't stop yeah. Malcolm Perry. They were so confused. The guy's a magician. He's just really good. Yeah. And if you let that quarterback go unchecked, literally, if you don't get someone on him early, you're in big trouble with that. You're just big trouble. It's it's intriguing to me. It, it's like, in some ways, K-State's worst nightmare in a bowl game. The team that had problems tackling and wrapping up now has to try to stop this offense. But it, maybe it's good. In some ways, maybe it's a little easier to defend. I, I think so. In some ways. I mean, it's one-dimensional for sure. That helps. It's a damn good dimension. You don't have though. to worry about them running plays every nine seconds. I I, I, like the match. I I think having the having the entire month goes a long yeah, way. I, I mean, like the match I think I think you saw notable steps forward in the wrapping up uh, department in, in terms of their tackling after those bye weeks, and that was just one week off. So I mean, you know, you get what three, four off um, in between that Iowa State game and this one. I, I think that that will go a really long way towards towards helping K State kind of be ready for this. And like Travis just said right there, it's one dimensional. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to prepare for. I'm not saying Scotty Hazleton isn't up late at night trying to draw up different defensive schemes. But I feel like after a while, it's like, all right, this is a triple option. You know the how to generally defend it. 
here's some different options you're going to get out of it. I mean, like it's not, it's not like there's tons and tons that you have to learn about it. I mean, it's just a few different options off of, off of that play. I trust that Scotty Hazleton having an entire month under his belt is going to be able to get them ready to go. Did it sound to you like at Chris Clemens press conference, he did the double press conference thing with recruiting. And then we turned our attention to the bowl game that they're putting in a defense for this game. It sounded like, they're going to do some completely different stuff to address this offense. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I think you got to be great on third down. Which they are. And typically, Casey's been really good on third down because you can't let you know Navy have six, seven-minute drives. But I, I'm thrilled about the matchup. I bet if you ask Travis, I bet he'd say, I wish I got to play against our, our Navy. Shoot. Wouldn't better in Syracuse. That would have been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But, no, I, I think <laughs> I, I like Scotty's – mentality from a defensive side of the ball. I think he's going to come out and try to attack this offense and really try to find some some areas where, you know, Trey Deshaun and Wyatt Hubert and Reggie Walker can find some weaknesses and really get off the ball and really attack and blow up that that uh, triple option where I think if you just sit back and kind of hope you play your assignments right and hope you're going to, you know, make tackles when it happens, you're going to get nickel and dime for four, five, right. six, seven yards up and down the field. So I, I think Coach Hazelton's not a, you know, if – He's not a sit-back. He, he's he's not guy. scared. You know, if if they bust off a 60-yard, um, you know, triple option, you know, someone takes the quarterback and the, the pitch key or the, the, the guy who's supposed to take the pitch got blocked and or got caught up in traffic and they go off for a 65-yard touchdown, I mean, I don't think Coach Hazleton, you know, it sucks, but he's not scared of that. And he's not scared to make to have his guys make those mistakes because he knows he might be able to send Wyatt Hubert in there and blow up a mesh point and create a turnover. So I right. think he's going to be aggressive and attack that triple option because I don't think you can sit back or you're just going to get nickel and dime for five yards. It looked like Army was so uh, – Convicted to being sound, they got mechanical on defense. Yeah, and you this play is, slow when you're, right. when you're trying to. Yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm doing it. Change. I'm doing it, and there's no passion to playing yeah. the game. That's what it looked like to me. So you have to find that balance. This is all about balance for K State's defense. You have to be aggressive without forgetting your assignment. If you're a defensive back, you have to never lose track of your receiver or someone coming out of the backfield as a receiver. Because that's when they throw the ball. I'm interested to see how Navy mixes the pass in with what they do. They threw one pass right. against Army. They will throw more than that against Kansas what State. They do, what they did throwing the football against Army or Notre Dame or in a couple of their other games this year, how do they go about throwing the football against K-State? I'm just, because K-State sees it so much over the course of the year, that's why – you know, and Chris Kleiman said, you just you got to make sure that guy doesn't get behind you. Like yeah. you said, sneaking a running back out. Well, K-State defends that every day. They're, they're accustomed to that. So uh, I'm thrilled. I am too. Did we do a read in this half? I think we skipped over it, man. I told you I stink at this. The good folks at Commerce Bank not only wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and remember whatever financial challenges come your way, Commerce Bank can help. Commerce Bank Challenge accepted. And we will convene in different forms at the bowl game. We take will be, this with you. We will be podcasting every day. That's a good point. I need to take all my reads with me. We'll be podcasting every day. Matt won't arrive in until the day prior to the game, and I think we'll do a little podcast with us. Great. Good friend. And uh, Ryan and Kellis are down for a Sources podcast. Monty and Travis will whip together something on this end, maybe pre or post. 
Pre. Maybe both? Pre? Maybe both. Okay. For sure, pre. Maybe both. Get him out of the duck blind or the deer stand. <laughs> I know. I know. I hope you hit something. Shoot. I'll try not to shoot Colin tomorrow. So. <laughs> Is that who you're going with? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we need him. Yeah, we, yeah. we need our quarterbacks, Coach. So we'll try not to uh, have a. A firearm discharge in his foot or something. That'd be bad. And we will also have a pregame podcast from down in Memphis as we prepare you for the Liberty Bowl. Robbins Motor Company is a sponsor of that podcast, and they are also sponsor the the Robbins Road Trip as we will be taking one of their fine vehicles with us to Memphis and and, safe travels and absolutely trashing it. We're gonna (laughs) we're gonna eat nachos in there. No, we're not gonna do that. It's a Robbins Road Trip, and we are going to attempt. Don't do this at home, children. To podcast from inside the vehicle as we drive down the highway. Oh God! Now, <laughs> Lord now, have mercy. The, mo- the most uh, challenging thing about that is we will probably have D. Scott Fritchin driving at that point since he's not part of the regular podcast crew, and he's he's easily distracted. If he doesn't have enough coffee, guys, he gets he can get in trouble real fast. So, but we are heading out the 27th. We'll be on the road. It sounds like most of the media is heading down to the 27th. And uh, like I said, we'll be podcasting nonstop from Memphis. I hope all of you have a very, very good Christmas. Thank you to the gang here. We didn't touch on a lot of football, but there's more time to do that. And God knows I can't talk more basketball right now. I'm getting depressed. It's the holidays, and I don't want to be depressed. Don't be depressed. It's basketball. People have it a lot worse than you do. Oh, they sure do. They sure do. But then again, they don't look like me, and that's just not good. I mean, that's it now. Lots worse things in the world than being ugly. Oh, boy. Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters, Travis Tannehill, and Riley Gates. Ho, ho, ho. Been your Insiders Podcast. Be safe over the holidays. You've been listening to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.